Welcome to Talking Sports. My name is Roger, and today I'm doing a solo pod. My co-host could not be on the podcast today, but I felt like today there's too much going on in sports. So I wanted to hop on and talk about a few things, and this will be a shorter episode, but man, a lot of stuff happened this weekend. So let's start off with um, some of the headlines. We're going to start with college football. Alrighty, the college football playoff just released their rankings Sunday morning at 12.30 Eastern Time, and there has been a lot of debate. The college football playoff committee has left out undefeated ACC champion Florida State from the college football playoff, putting Texas and Florida State, or Texas and Alabama, into the college football playoff. So Michigan, the number one ranked seed, that is 12-0, and your Big Ten champion is going to be facing off against SEC champion Alabama in the Rose Bowl on January 1st. And then the later game that day is going to be Washington and Texas playing in the Sugar Bowl. So what's going on? How could we leave out a team like Florida State? So I'm going to come on the record. I know that this um, goes against what a lot of people are thinking and they think it's a complete travesty, but the college football playoff committee did the right thing here. They did absolutely the right thing. And so hear me out. Their job is to get the best four teams in the college football playoff. And so a lot of people are saying, so you're telling me all the games don't matter. You know what? My heart goes out to these Florida state kids. My heart goes out to these kids that have been battling on the field all freaking year to fight for a chance to be in the college football playoff, right? They've gone 13 and 0. They've played great defense down the stretch, but the college football playoff committee had a decision to make. And when you look at all the teams in the nation without Jordan Travis, you can't make the argument that this is a top four team in the nation, especially because after they struggled to win an ACC championship against a Louisville team that wasn't even that impressive to watch. I had a bet on Louisville in that game, and I didn't think I was in it the whole second half. You know, I mean, there was, I, Louisville played so bad down the stretch, and Florida State never pulled away. Florida State never made a statement in that game saying, we are the best team in the ACC. You know, and Jack Plummer, if he doesn't make some mistakes, I think he sticks in it and they actually pull out the win. And then this isn't even a debate. But I honestly don't think that you can say that Florida State would have really been competitive with any four of these teams in the playoffs. And maybe they would be. So, you know what? They're going to have a chance to prove it come the Orange Bowl when they play the Georgia Bulldogs. They're a 14-point underdog right now. So they can go out just like UCF did when UCF got screwed out of the playoffs. And they can go and show that they deserve to be in the playoff. But I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that they're going to struggle offensively against Georgia. I think Georgia's going to beat them by 10 to 20 points. And I think that it's going to be a bloodbath and everyone's going to go, you know what? I'm glad that we got the four teams that we did. So I know that all of you guys want to jump in the comments. I know all of you guys want to jump in and say, how dare you? I really don't care. I stand by this and come 
the Orange Bowl when Georgia beats the living dog crap out of this Florida State team, I'm going to come back to this moment and I'm going to say, look, I knew that they weren't ready for the college football playoff. And so the college football playoff committee only did them a favor by letting them play in the Orange Bowl instead of playing the college football playoff. So that's my two cents. Um, Unfortunately, college football is a broken sport. And go back to when they were changing the BCS. If we had the BCS system right now, Florida State would have gotten screwed out of the national championship anyway. They would have taken Michigan and they would have taken Washington to the national championship, right? So to get rid of that, they said, let's do a playoff. And instead of doing what every good thinking American thought, which was let's do eight teams, the five power conference champions, and then three at large bids, the college football, NCAA, the people in charge said, nah, let's do four teams. Let's really make it squirrely. Let's still leave a lot up to be decided. And you know what? I've had a lot of fun watching some of these college football playoff games over the years, but I do stand by. They should have never gone with four teams. This should have always been an eight-team playoff, right? And and I think it'll be better next year when there's 12 teams. I think that there would have been debate this year if there was an eight-team playoff, right? But if you're not in the top eight, I don't see how you can argue. And so... Next year, when we have 12 teams, this this problem won't be there anymore. But honestly, the only way to really fix this problem, you're always going to have teams, you know, saying that they could have been the national champion if they just got the shot, that they got hot at the right time, that they came together as a team and found the right quarterback. And honestly, the only way that they could fix that is doing a 64-team tournament like the basketball, but that doesn't work in football. So... Unfortunately, I'm sorry, Florida State. You didn't just get screwed by the college football playoff committee. You got screwed by Georgia, who should have beaten Alabama. Because if Georgia beats Alabama, they don't take Texas. And if they don't take Texas, they don't take Alabama. And then you're in. You're in. And if they make it an eight-team playoff like they should have been, you're in. So... You know, this is a really unfortunate event, but I think that they got the best four teams, and I think that we are going to have an incredible college football playoff this year with Michigan playing Alabama. I think that's going to be a super close game. I think Alabama has a little bit of the edge, but Michigan is so good on both offensive and defensive lines, so they could really give Nick Saban hell. So that's going to be a really fun game to watch in Pasadena, and Texas playing Washington. Washington has the number one ranked passing offense in college football. Michael Penix Jr. be thrown to McMillan and to Odunze, and those two wide receivers are out of this world. And Texas has a really good defensive line, but they have trouble covering the pass. So I think that these are two very interesting games. I think that these two games are going to go right down to the wire, like college football playoff games should. And I think that the college football playoff committee did us right did the right thing and put the four best teams in the playoff. So that's my two cents worth. Let's talk NFL. Alrighty. This week of the NFL, man, we had some awful games just top to bottom in the NFL. The AFC South matchup between Tennessee and Indianapolis. It was just which team was going to lose it. 
We had blocked punts. We had missed PATs. These teams just did almost everything wrong trying to lose the game. The Broncos in the Houston Texans game was actually a really fascinating game. And this game came down to the turnover margin, like I said on the last episode. Unfortunately, I thought my Broncos were going to come out on the right side of the turnover margin, but they didn't. And so Houston got two turnovers, and Denver turned the ball over twice, and that ended up being the difference in why Houston's probably going to make the playoffs and Denver's going to be staying home. So Denver's got a lot to figure out. They had five plays inside um, inside the red zone that they should have been running their best play to score a touchdown, and they were nowhere near it. They were nowhere near it. And Russ throws a terrible interception to end the game. It was awful to watch as a Bronco fan. Pittsburgh Steelers coming off their 450-yard game. Matt Canada-less, they did not want to do anything offensively with the ball. They looked absolutely atrocious against an Arizona Cardinals team that hasn't shown that they are really competitive this year. But after rain delay, after rain delay, after rain delay, Arizona comes out on top 24 to 10. That was kind of a crazy game um, that lasted way longer than it needed to. And then just some other ugly games around the league, you know, um, Detroit and New Orleans. Detroit goes up really big early, and then New Orleans just subtly gets right back in it, but never really takes the lead. And the Detroit Lions won by, I believe it was five points, in a game that everyone expected that they were going to win. Let me see here. I'm just pulling up the scores again. Atlanta and the Jets played one of the ugliest games that you could ever ask for. There was a safety. Bijan Robinson got stuffed in the end zone to give the Jets a 2 nothing lead. And then this was just back and forth trading field goals. And Atlanta comes out with a 13-8 to victory covering the two-and-a-half-point spread. The, cha- the Chargers played the Patriots. This game was awful. Just terrible. Um, if there is any game that you should not show anyone when you're trying to get them into football, it's this game. The Chargers come out with a 6 to nothing win, getting two field goals against one of the worst teams in the league. A Chargers team that they said had one of the best offenses in the league going into the year just looked abysmal all day. Just could not move the ball. And this team has completely lost their identity. They have no idea who they are, and they have no shot. This year, it's going to be hard for them to find their footing next year, too. Miami obliterated Washington. Washington, a nine-and-a-half-point underdog playing at home. I thought they would stay in this game. They did not. Tyreek Hill and Tua just threw the ball all over them. Um, Tua just steps back and just throws it up in the air, and Tyreek finds a way to get under it. There is really no, no stopping them today. And then... In our afternoon games, Tampa Bay ekes out a win over one and eight or one and eleven Carolina Panthers divisional matchup. Congratulations to Mike Evans on ten straight seasons over a thousand receiving yards. That is an incredible accomplishment. The Rams get a thirty-six to nineteen victory in the Flacco comeback. Um, Joe Flacco started off hot, got a 
got a good drive going and got a touchdown to start it off. I thought, oh man, are we going to see some like vintage Joe Flacco here? We did not. Um, <coughs> so the Rams come out with that victory. And then a game that we, and I say we as in America, had slated as the game of the year, maybe game of the decade, something that we were really looking forward to. It seemed like it was going to be a really close game to start off the game. And Philly came out, played really good, went right down the field, got a field goal. And I was I was really frustrated. I was rooting for Philadelphia. I had picked Philadelphia minus two and a half. And Philadelphia goes right down the field. And when they get stopped in the red zone, I, I, I could not believe how well San Francisco just broke the momentum right there. And so... Philly takes an early 3 nothing lead, but then gives the ball back to San Francisco. They trade off a few punts, and Philly gets another field goal to go up 6 to nothing. <coughs> and then San Francisco just kicked the living crap out of this team. San Francisco just came out and said, we're the best team in the NFL. Try and stop us. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, and then Debo Samuel just went off. It's really hard. I liked the way that the... Guys on the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast were talking about this earlier, that their offense is like a pitcher that's got five different pitches. And it looks the same at first. Like that delivery, that formation that they're putting out there, it's like, oh, we've seen this before. And then they do something you've never seen before. and it's Or they do something that you totally did not prepare for. And Kyle Shanahan just has this offense looking like a cheat code with all their weapons. So San Francisco is definitely the team to beat in the NFL right now. Obviously the Super Bowl favorites. And with that being said, they have dethroned Kansas City as the most dominant team in the NFL. Kansas City went into Green Bay, and this was a game that I really liked Green Bay in. I gave it in as my lock of the week, Green Bay plus six. I didn't think that they were going to come out and outright beat this team by eight points. But Jordan Love and this offense are looking really smooth. They're minimizing mistakes, getting the ball downfield, getting guys the ball in open space. Jalen Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, they just look fantastic right now. AJ AJ Dillon didn't have to carry too much of the load. And what did Green Bay do? They got the kickoff. They took seven and a half minutes. They went right down the field, controlled the clock, and scored a touchdown. Now, that's how you beat this Kansas City team. You play good defense, you pressure Mahomes, and you control the clock. You don't let it be a shootout, because if Mahomes gets cooking, he's going to beat you 36 to whatever every single time. He's just going to outscore you. But Green Bay controlled this game, and I was really impressed. I was really impressed with Matt LaFleur, 16-0 and in December games with the Packers over the past four years. I was really impressed with the way Jordan Love came to play. Jordan Love had has a chip on his shoulder, and he came out this year. He didn't really look good, and everyone starts to question, is this Packers team going to be down really bad at the end of the year? You know, Are they going to be quarterbackless? Are they going to be struggling because they don't have the quarterbacks that they've always had? And Jordan Love has gotten better week by week. He's built rapport with these guys week by week, and this offense is starting to look like something that uh, might give Detroit and uh, Minnesota a run for their money, whether it be in the wild card or in the division. So 
I actually really like watching these this Packers team. They are a lot of fun to watch. They've got a, some big games coming up. So we will see um, what they have going forward. But Kansas City has a lot to figure out in terms of who do we get the ball to offensively? Is Travis Kelsey going to ever get his head right and be the dominant player that he was? Is Justin Watson and Rashi Rice going to take the reins of this offense and be the guys that Kansas City can depend on? And can they just minimize their mistakes? Because they got caught in the red zone a few times last night where Mahomes had no clue what he was doing and went down with a sack that led to field goals. And when you're trading six or seven for three every single time, you can't catch up. So shout out to Green Bay. Excellent win at home against a really tough AFC opponent. Kansas City has now lost three of their four games to NFC opponents, being the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, and who was the other team they lost to? Oh, my gosh. The Eagles, yeah, on Monday night. So Packers need to figure it out against these NFC teams, man. Um, that was it for our Sunday slate. We can dive into a little Monday night preview, and then I'm going to say farewell. Monday night football, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Joe Burrow-less Cincinnati Bengals. The Jacksonville Jaguars are a 10-point favorite in this game. I think that everyone expects Jacksonville to just come out and beat up this Bengals team. And I think that Browning is going to come out and try and keep it close. But I think that in the second half, especially the Jaguars, are just going to pull away. I don't know if I really want to lay the 10 points on the Jaguars. I do think that the total on this game will be under the 40 and a half points, mostly because I don't think the Bengals are going to be able to get anything going offensively. And I don't think Jacksonville's looking to put a 40 burger on this team. Uh, it's going to be a nice night in Jacksonville. I think that they're going to try to really get this offense in rhythm to start the game. A lot of quick throws to Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, and Jags are going to come out with a win. I don't know if they cover the spread. I'm not in love with it. But I think the Jags come out with the win here and take the top spot in the AFC. So with that being said, the Chiefs' loss last night puts the Dolphins the Ravens, and if the Jaguars wins, win tonight on Monday night, um, it'll have all three of those teams tied for first place in the AFC with the Dolphins, it looks like, holding the tiebreaker being the number one seed. So it'll be fun watching these teams down the stretch because the Jaguars do play the Ravens in a couple weeks, and we're going to have some really good football determining playoff positioning. So alrighty. That is all I have for today on this solo episode of the podcast. I appreciate you guys joining me. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on the college football playoff. You know, I completely agree with what they did. I think that we have the four best teams. I think we're going to have the two best games that the college football playoff has seen. And only time will tell. So check in. I want to I hear from you. Comment on the video. Comment 
on Instagram. Follow us at Talking Sports RG. You can find us um, anywhere that you consume podcasts. You can find us on YouTube, TikTok. So like like our videos, share with your friends, subscribe. It helps us out so much as we try to grow this podcast. And I really love talking sports with you guys. So um, definitely hit me up in the DMs if you want. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm insane. Um, but Texas is, Texas is going to go win this college football playoff. Hook them.